Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at the Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Will. Well, Mike, you talked a bit about parenting uh, this past week and those first impressions of being a parent. And, you know, I have to say I shared some of Sarah's panic. Uh, you know, <laughs> we have three, we, bo- we both have three kids. Yeah, it's intimidating. And yes, it is. I remember Bridget and I getting back um, from the hospital with Joel, our eldest. And uh, we got into our house. He was sleeping in the car seat. We sat him down, like, really gently, you know, in the kitchen. <laughs> And we just took a, t- a few steps back and just looked at him, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is this is not somebody else's baby. This is not a drill. <laughs> this is our baby. Yeah. You know, you're not babysitting, right? It, yeah, it's really crazy, and it can feel like you know, really, uh, yeah, intimidating at the first uh, at first take. But um, ten years in, I think we're a little less shell shocked, but we're still learning uh, for sure." Uh, you have three kids of your own, Mike. So, um, did you feel like it got a bit less daunting as the the babies came? Yeah, I think that feeling of complete intimidation and being overwhelmed by the responsibility right. um, that that diminished some, and a lot of it just God is faithful, even though our competence didn't necessarily skyrocket. Right, <laughs> that's probably what helped us a lot. Yes, well, that's what I, I find reassuring. I just thought, okay, there's m- billions of babies over the course of history that have survived when parents have felt like us. So um, anyways, well, I have to confess though, Mike, um, sometimes I feel a bit overwhelmed at the calling of being a parent. You know, being part of raising an adult uh, is a big responsibility. And yet, as you shared in your messages, parents, grandparents, guardians, mentors, you know, we do have a huge role in setting an example for our kids. So um, how do we go about this? You know, how do we become the kind of Christ-like examples we want to be for our kids? I think one of the things that you see even how God designed creation was to have these core family systems in place. And one of the things that's fascinating about that is we can't fake it with our family. You know, you can fake it at church for an hour in terms of, am, am I really a devoted follower of Jesus or am I not? You can fool people. Um, you can probably pull it off in a class or in a, a Bible study, um, but you really can't in a family. Right. I think the family, they, you, they see 24-7 and really get a good understanding of who you are and what's in you. And I like how that shows us Christianity is not a system. It's not a formula at the very center. It's a relationship. Mm. Um, it's a relationship with God, and you can... Whether you have that or whether you don't, I think is very visible in the context of spending a lot of time with a person. And so, yeah, when it comes to parenting, you can't pass on what you don't have. Right. And kids are going to see that and they're going to notice that. They're going to know if 
church is just something that you do once in a while um, because you think, oh, you know, why not? Uh, it's not a bad thing to do. They're going to know that. They're going to know that it's not central to who you are. And so it starts, if you want to say, the best thing you can do for your kids as a parent is to deepen your own personal relationship with Jesus. Um, that is the single most important parenting tool that I can think of. And so we talk about uh, pretty regularly in the life of the church, it's important to be able to communicate with God, the Bible, prayer. Um, These things are so fundamental because it's about a relationship, and a relationship is about communication. Mm. Am I communicating with God? Am I talking to God? Am I listening to God? Am I hearing from God? on a regular daily basis. Mm. And those things through the course of a lifetime, they, they really shape us deeply. Yes. And the other thing I think that that does, Mike, in our walking with God is that I feel like that's where, you know, the power comes from, really. The strength comes from, the wisdom comes from, the composure comes from, the patience uh, to be the kind of parents or to be the kind of example that we want to be. You know, there's an ongoing transformation that's happening in us. You know, I look back, you know, over the 10 years of my parenting, and there's definitely moments that I'm not proud of, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you hope that you've grown as a parent. You've Because you've been walking with God, you're becoming more like him in terms of your heart and how you respond to things. And so <clears throat> I feel like, you know, that daily walking with him um, not only is an example, it's almost the the source, really, for us to be the kind of example that we want to be. Yeah. Parenting, I think one of the things that we do, sanctification comes through that. There, right. There's a lot in the midst of that of letting go of my, some of my selfishness, letting go of some of my self-interest for a greater cause, and a lot of that would be for family and for kids. So God, mm-hmm. God works in us as we parent, and he changes us and shapes us as we parent. Yes. And so, Mike, your, your kids are a, a little older, mm-hmm. and um, so you've had, you know, kind of seasons of younger years and then through teenage years. Uh, you talked a, a little bit about this in your sermon, but what are some practical things that have really worked for you and Sarah uh, in terms of getting some of those patterns um, set for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they were young, the children's Bible, picture Bible, love stories, read stories, spent every, you know, most bedtimes were were going through some kind of Bible story, and they loved it and were drawn to the Bible Mm. through that way. We did start doing some scripture memorization at a young age, because I think some of that, um, it sticks in your head, Mm. uh, and to be able to get some Bible passages memorized that will just last a lifetime. So we did that. We had like a Bible story. A Bible verse a week um, mm. was a, a valued thing. I think one of the big transitions for us, Will, was when our kids started getting older, um, Sarah and I, we uh, talked about our, our end goal was really to be able to have kids who would um, become adults and be able to have a relationship with God independent of us, yeah. that they would be able to hear it from God just by going to the Bible. So we started thinking, how, how would we get there? And we thought, we're not going to get there just by us reading stories of the Bible to them um, all the time. Eventually, they're going to have to be able to hear from God themselves. So that's where we really transitioned and switched to being able to have a family Bible study. And I would say this is when they got in maybe the youngest, maybe end of elementary, the others kind of middle schoolish. And the concept there was we'd take a book of the Bible and we'd go through it, usually a chapter a week. And here's the chapter for the week. Everyone, spend time on it, take your devotional time, read it, think about it, 
and then we'd have a, a gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we we did it like after a supper or if things were really busy. We could do it during a supper, and we would just ask three questions um, every time, and it was optional. I think that was significant too. They right. didn't have to come. We don't want this to be imposed. Um, interesting thing is. They came every single time right? because they wanted to be part of the family. Right, right. Uh, so the questions that we would ask, what questions do you have? What do you hear God saying and how do you apply it? Mm. Really simple. Same, same three questions every time. And the real desire that we had in that was for the kids to be able to understand the Bible is how you can hear from God. Mm. And I want to be reading this thinking, what is God saying? What is he saying to me? And... You know, it, it it had some it had some rough moments. I would say that some of our Bible studies had a lot of heresy going on with some of the things that our, right. our kids right. heard coming out of the Bible, <laughs> um, and we were really careful not to ever squelch that because the desire right. wasn't to have doctrinal perfection, right? But for them to learn how to hear God's voice through that, and mm. and we saw a lot of growth uh, in development through. Years, not not weeks, years. Uh, so where they they get to the point where I can honestly say, well, we feel really grateful for having done that because now as our kids approach the Bible, they use that language about when they read the Bible, what do I hear God saying? Yes. And they see the Bible as God speaking to them. Mm. And so th- that brings a lot of joy to my heart, that they see the Bible as God communicating to them. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love you you guys being intentional about creating that <clears throat> context, you know, for you to gather as a family. And I I mean, there's some really good practical takeaways there. But one thing, uh, you know, kind of looking to the end, having that kind of perspective as a parent when your kids are young and saying, okay, let's think about this intentionally. Like, uh, we're raising adults here, and at some point, our kids are going to step outside the door here, and they're going to step into the world. So, Spiritually speaking, in terms of the relationship with God, in terms of the relationship with um, with God through Scripture, um, what are some of our goals there? You know, because mm-hmm. it feels so often we can just go through life with relationships and maybe not be very intentional about it. But as you know, as we know, you know, in uh, you know, in friendships or being a parent or marriage, intentionality is key mm-hmm. in relationships. So I really am very grateful that you've shared that. And this is one will where I think God clearly gives parents the responsibility mm. to, we are responsible to teach our kids what it means to follow the Lord. Um, that's Deuteronomy. You know, the right. passage that I talked about in chapter 6 is very clear that there is a responsibility and expectation for parents. So this is one to be intentional about. Yes. And it's really cool to think that, you know, you think of Jesus and, and so often he spoke of who God is and he spoke about the kingdom in the form of stories you know because i'm not sure he probably was thinking about it the fact that well i mean what's the what's the the medium of communication that resonates the most you could say music yes but yeah stories right along there you know and it, it means then your kids as being younger they do get to engage with these stories that speak of who god is that speak of how god has engaged with mankind over you know the centuries so um yeah it's a really you'd almost think it was intentional by the, by the lord you know um it's cool that's one of the things i love about the bible is it's not just a list of 
do this, don't do this, this is right, this is wrong. Mm. It gets to the very center of God God does life with us. Mm-hmm. He, he's involved in the stories of the daily lives of regular people. Mm. And that's what the Bible, we see that in the Bible. It's story, it's life. It's good. Well, uh, let's let's talk just a mo- for a moment about uh, the story that we were in, uh, so in Genesis 37 and this story, maybe it's been uh, it was familiar for you as a, as a listener of Joseph, and it's kind of unique. I mean, this kind of I've heard it called all sorts of things, the Technicolored dream coat or whatever. Yeah. But uh, what we can see clearly here, Mike, was something that was going on that wasn't so great, and it was favoritism, and uh, it caused all sorts of issues. But one thing I want to get to here is the fact that Joseph had dreams that were given by God. He just didn't have a lot of tact in terms of how he was sharing those with his yeah, brothers. That's, that's fair. But there's a dynamic there that I think is important for us to see. And I know that we've experienced that, Mike, that sometimes God gives you things and gives you desires or dreams or ideas in your heart long before they're supposed to come to fruition, you know? Um, so, yeah, have you experienced that, you know, in, in, in your time in ministry and, yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a difference between receiving and hearing from the Lord and then discerning when and where to act on what the Lord is leading you to do. I think yes. those are two different steps uh, in that. And clearly, this would be an example where Joseph missed that. He heard yes. from the Lord. That was really amazing. God was speaking to yes. Joseph in dreams. Wonderful. He's hearing from the Lord. He just missed the step of figuring out, now what do I do with what I've heard from the Lord? Yes. Um, and he went about doing that in a way that created a lot of issues. Um, yeah, sure you know, one of the examples that comes to me for uh, this has to do with you, Will. Mm. Uh, so maybe I'll just ask you to, to share that story because our relationship began before you were on staff here. Yes. Uh, so yeah, tell us a little bit about how this intersects your life. Yes, a number of years ago, I, I came and did a, uh, it was an Alpha conference I was involved in. So um, got to meet Julie and Aaron, yourself, you know, a few other people, Travis. And and uh, so there was a bit of a connection made there, I think, with the Ridge. And, you know, we developed a, a friendship. Uh, but me, meanwhile, we're, we were out in Virginia and serving at a church out there. And as, uh, as a worship pastor, that was my role there. But uh, as the years kind of progressed, we were there about five years or so, I started to feel like a bit of a shift inside of me. Uh, toward discipleship and raising up um, other leaders and, and teaching and that side of things. So I felt like the Lord was doing a work in me. And after being in you know, the worship uh, sphere for several years, um, that the Lord was starting to shift that in me. Uh, and so I was kind of aware of that happening. And more and more, you know, I was stepping back from and, and letting others lead in terms of the worship side of things. So there was that whole dynamic going then we, you know, my wife is from the Midwest, and we just, after moving away from the Midwest, we'd never been able to kind of shake that sense of going back. And I think it was important for us to to spend our time there and, and realize, Lord, is this just a comfort blanket? I mean, we have family there. We love the Midwest. We love Iowa. And um, it turns out that it, it wasn't that. Uh, so we had that. So I had this vocational thing, I had this sense of the Midwest. And then you know, we continued to to stay in touch. And sometimes when I would come back here and visit, you'd say, well, you want to come and lead some worship? And so I would do that. And so all the while we're having that sense of like, well, maybe down the line somewhere, is the Lord going to kind of do something? Maybe we'll just be ministry 
you know, friends or maybe I'm not going to be on staff and that kind of thing. So anyways, you know, we've, we've got all these things and we ended up holding all of these things just very loosely before the Lord for a good two years. And, uh, you know, and then the, the time came, it almost felt like a, you know, a pregnancy in a sense. You know, you get towards the end, the baby is, you feel like the weight of this is like, Lord, is this, is this going to come together? Is this going to, and, um, and then of course, then, you know, I, uh, this opportunity came up with the church and. We just knew at that point then this is it, you know, all of these things, these dreams, ideas, these longings that feel like the Lord has planted in us. But yet there was several, you know, a few years of, of carrying those things. Yeah, but you really look at that, Will, and say it was a couple of years from yes. when you started sensing that maybe God had something different for you. Right. Um, it, the turnaround, it was a while and you were patient in that and mm-hmm. did quite a bit of waiting and discerning. Yes. And so I, I will say that, I mean, because we may have listeners who are in that space, um, trust God in the in the process of that. Uh, it's not easy. You know, there might be uh, disappointments, there might be tears, there might be frustration, there might be confusion. Um, but trust that those waiting times are formative for what God is calling you into. They're not wasted time. You know, so often I think we we try and wish away time like that just to get to the destination. And yet, um, you know, to go back to the analogy of a baby, I mean, having nine months to prepare is quite helpful. Uh, not that you're, you know, really that ready when your baby arrives, but um, certainly uh, God is intentional about that space. So don't, don't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of growth takes place in those seasons. It sure does. Uh, so, Mike, thank you uh, again just for your the time and effort that you put in um, to your messages. Just appreciate that. And uh, thank you for listening today. Don't forget, we got a couple of upcoming opportunities for you to grow in your faith. Sunday, May 1st, straight after second service, we're going to be looking at being good stewards of everything God has given us uh, with Ridgey teacher Travis Shelton. That's going to be a great time, really interactive, really practical. Then on Monday, May 9th evening, uh, we're going to be jumping online, um, and I'm going to be having a conversation with Ridgey teacher Vivian Kincaid around prayer. And some of what we've been talking about today, what it means to talk with God, to hear from God. So for more info and other opportunities uh, to learn and grow in your faith, just visit our Ridgeview page on our church website. So thanks again for joining. We hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.